Hey, you, you there. Turn your head, look over here. It's Sky Pirate Radio. Welcome, welcome back. It's, we're, we're finally back. I think the last episode we recorded was in September, but guess what? Before the dark I've, age. Before <laughs> the, the horrible time. Another, well, another one. Another dark uh, can age. You, can you believe it? I'm here with my friend. Despite the dark ages, I'm here with my friend Kevin Stott. It's me. I'm famous. Burning a bright light in the dark is Kevin Stott. I'm a video game the big f- shot. Video game famous. VGF is what they call him. <laughs> That's the name Big of the Big VGF award. Kevin. And we're here to yep, tell you uh, what uh, what it's really like. We're not here to tell you buzzwords uh, no. or to give things uh, 7 out of 10. We're here to give you the real news. If you think about it a lot, hardcore gamer doesn't doesn't mean anything. And neither does casual gamer and neither does the word gamer. You're a, we're a, you're a person. Constructs. It's you all know, just constructs. It's all just constructs. We're here to break only, it all down. We're breaking the walls. There's only two things I know of that are that are described as hardcore. Hardcore gamers and, you know, that that other thing. That other one, but we're that not going to get into that today. Um, maybe next time we might save a little spot for it. But we have important video game news to talk about. Uh, most of all our own because pretty much like an hour ago or maybe two hours ago... Uh, we posted on our, our Sky Pirate Radio Twitter, um, at Sky Pirate Radio, uh, we have a Patreon going. Finally. We do. It's After happened. a real, real long time of talking about it, we do have a Patreon. You can you can click it. You can click it on our, our Twitter. You can search Patreon Sky Pirate Radio. And if you have a couple of bucks, you can throw them our way and you can get some extra goodies. Uh, some... Uh, unfinished game builds uh, that that we're working on at the time. You're gonna get all of that. You get uh, uh, the hot scoop updates hot scoop, on some sneak peeks. All of the things we're working on behind sneak the scenes. Peaks. Only for you, a, a little a little place only for you to get that stuff. And it'll also help us out immensely on our dream to become the biggest video game company. Just in general. That's so the please. goal. We're gonna. Um, we want to knock out. Uh, knock out Bethesda. We want to. Uh, we want to get. Uh, we want to blow out. Uh, Epic's knees with a lead yeah. pipe. We're, we're we're starting small. First, we're gonna get bigger than Chrome Studios, and then uh, we're going right to Bethesda. To then we're going to. Then so, we're going to Jonathan Blow's house. Yeah. For our revenge. Yeah, he he slighted us one too many times. <laughs> it's a small, it's and a small think, world, and we know, don't have to, industry. we don't have to, we don't have to say what we're referring to because he knows <laughs> that that bastard has, uh, you know, all those times. Uh, so, so go yeah. on down Patreon dot com slash Sky Studios. That's where it's at. Even if you don't uh, want to subscribe, you can follow us, and then uh, maybe you'll see a little blog post or something. That'll but that'd be a treat. Yeah, just just keep us in your thoughts with the follow button there. And if you do have the extra cash, you can you can throw it our way, and you'd be helping us uh, make our video games and get them into your hands. Um, so, how are you feeling about that, Kevin? That was just done this morning. Did, are you a little nervous? It's, uh, well, yeah, I guess I was more, I was nervous beforehand more. Um, yeah. It has been a challenge to get it up, I think, uh, to get the Patreon up. 
just because of you know some it's it's something that uh, I'm w working on and that is just feeling uh, you know feeling confident in putting stuff out there for people to spend money on and uh, valuing your own work it's a it's been a journey uh, and I did it you did it uh, basically all on your own you did it I'm very proud of you Kevin I have to, uh, I have to uh, be a good role model. Yeah, you are. You're an inspiration to the youth before us. And, you can and do some it of too. The people older than us. Yeah. If I can do it, then you, listener, can do it. It doesn't matter what age you are. Two, three, four, twenty, eighty-six, two hundred, forty-six, two hundred. You can make video games too. Um. So, with, with that said, and with the Patreon out there, we should talk about what we're working on right now, right? The, the things Absolutely that are going to be on should. there. Here's the, here's the uh, Sky Pirates Games Gallery, as it stands. Yeah. Uh, in order of most close to being done. All First right. up, we've got like Getaway it. Grand Prix. That's <laughs> a getaway racing game. It's kind of like Pac-Man. Uh, if you've, if you're familiar with, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of, it's a, a more obscure title. His name is Pac-Man. Yes. It, was it doesn't look like Puck much man, like but... a man. Uh. Oh, that's, that's for you to say. <laughs> I guess that's for, yeah, it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the number one game. If you subscribe yes. to the Patreon this moment, then uh, you can play a build of that. You're going to run around and bump into police cars and pick up gems and stuff. It's the latest grand and greatest time. build. Before it's even out, you can play it. That's and what makes the Patreon it. so special. Uh-huh. Only you uh, can play this game that hasn't been released yet, and you can do it by going to our Patreon. Um, all right, what's next, Kevin? That's the closest to being done, but what do we got next? What's up next? Next up behind that is a little bit of a spooky one, Jace. So if you're, uh, if you're prone to, to bouts of uh, fear and screaming, uh, get yourself a calming tea, because next up is Lamplit, a fantasy action game about uh, beating up lots of enemies in a world where it's all dark all the time. Uh, mm. You have a magic lantern, and you need it to see through the dark, and you also need to kill monsters to keep that lantern filled up. You hop yes. and bop on a grid. You uh, block armored skeletons. You avoid uh, poison mushroom spores. It's got everything you want. Grid-based fantasy gameplay. Um, and that's one that we were kind of sitting on for a while as a prototype and, 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 and sort of mushing our teeth over. And, and I think that that's one I'm, I'm excited to get back to and, and start looking at again. Um, so Lamp Lit uh, is the next entry in the Sky Pirate database game gallery. Uh, and then the last one is uh, a, a classic, a Sky Pirate classic to be sure. Mm -hmm. Wild River Outlaws, a Ooh. cowboy shooty, rooty tooty, uh, uh, kind of a bullet hell shoot 'em up, com cowboy combat simulator. Yeah, and and that's one that's gotten a lot of buzz on Twitter whenever we've shown uh, that bad boy off. Uh, I know people are excited for that one. So 
um, that is something that through the Patreon and, and through starting to accrue funds, um, that's a bigger project that we'd be able to, um, st- you know, start to get our grips on and start to work on if we're starting to get the, the, the funding there to work on it. Um, yeah. So that would be those gorgeous. Are our, those are our stepping stones. That's Sky yeah. Pirate's future. Our, and our we'll see what happens. Of games. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're going to get there no matter what. We're going to be yeah, the biggest definitely. game company. I'm ready to, uh, to work through and uh, get those out and then it'll be mm-hmm. what happens next. Yeah. And and while that's happening, uh I know we've also got another project that we're we're tinkering away on at the uh the the shorter scale for a game jam, Kevin. Um, yes, we do. This is a Game Boy game. What I confused a new Game Boy game in 2021? It's what? real. It's happening. Uh there's a game jam happening. I think it's a it's like a 3 months long. Um, okay. there's 10 days, uh, uh, probably about 10 days left, so I better Boy. get, get a bit of a hustle on. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, we, we can, can do, do it. Days. We'll get it, we'll get something done, f- done for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, we've done it before, we can do it again. It's Trouble City. Uh, you Trouble have City. seen some Trouble City screenshots. It's kind of like Resident Evil, uh, if it had the art style of... A uh, a Game Boy Legend of Zelda, a Link's totally. Awakening, an Oracle of Seasons. You're a little guy, and you fight a lot of uh, sludgy zombie monsters, and it's going to be set in a toy factory. That's the that's the building du jour. It's a mm-hmm. toy factory. It's infested. Uh, so keep your wits about you. Yeah. Uh, keep your wits about you in approximately 10 days because that's when yeah. this sucker is going to have to come out. Um, and I'm going to be doing some, some writing for that one too, um, which I'm, I'm going get to get, get my bloody fingers going for um, before the 10 days are up. Um, and that's something that Kevin's tinkering away at, tinkering away at in his little toy factory of his own. Mm. Uh, so expect that soon. Uh, that's just something that we're working on right now that we're hoping to get get out there real, real soon. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was, for me as well, I wanted to take a break from the other projects because yeah. I just got uh, too, too stuck in there, I guess. But this is a nice one. It has a deadline, so I'll have to get something finished. So that's that's the exercise, I guess. And it's time for the big question, Kevin. What is the name of the game jam called? Uh, oh. That we are submitting this to. Uh, and very let's see good if we can question. beat our old record. Uh, oh dear! You think I, uh, re-recording this podcast? Oh. I would. Uh... Oh, the f- things I do for love. Oh, <laughs> I'd have the answer to this one, wouldn't I? I love this. Let's uh, let's go ahead this... and move on, and then I'll just bring it up later. All right, and find we'll out what just, it is. Just smash it out. That's a great idea. Um. So yeah, that's that's all stuff that we are super excited about. Um, our Patreon for for Sky Pirate Studios. Uh, our uh, the Game Jam game that we're working on. That we're gonna hear what it is. Uh, it's for game 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 Boy Compo Twenty One. So hashtag Easy. hashtag GB Compo Twenty One. That's uh the hashtag, and you'll see lots of little Game Boy games that people have yeah. made. Cute. You're very cute. 
and and they're all going to work on a little cartridge, which I think is great. Mm, um, I hope we can get uh, Trouble City put on cartridge. That would I would rule. love that very much. It's like the uh, Bandcamp. It's like the video game equivalent of like selling like a cassette tape on Bandcamp or something. It's good. Yeah, um, I think that's something. Something that uh, I guess made it stick out to me a lot is working for working in Unity to make all these other games. It's like yeah. Unity is a, a blank, like a totally blank slate in terms of concept for what you want like an interactive or really any like real-time rendering thing to be whereas working in gb studio it's like well a game boy game is a game where you have a guy who can move around and then you have like two monsters on screen and you have like some triggers for where you go when you walk through a door yeah and so just make a game with that because that's what a video game is and that's a video game i want to make anyway (laughs) Yeah, sometimes uh, a lot of limitations can be nice to sort of figure out the core of what you're making and, and the nuts and bolts of it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially when Unity is, is such an incredibly flex- flexible uh, software that you kind of have to start from square one with everything you're doing. Yeah, um, it's, it's hard as well. If you're trying to... I think I've been worrying too much about... Uh, you know, how are we going to make this such a great game and how are we going to make sure that people are interested in it? And at a certain point, like, you're thinking ahead so much and trying to put so many features in that it's just, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't end up being realistic or uh, working out that way. Mm-hmm. So Trouble City in, in approximately 10 days from now. G- get on it at the GB Compo. Um, now, Kevin, would you like to talk a little bit about what we've been playing? What, just, what, what, amongst our video game making, sometimes we just like to have a flop down on our bellies, get a controller in our hands, and just, and just play a game. Just And I want to know what those games have been for you. Yeah, just flopping them out. What have those games been for you this week, Kevin? Um, so... I've been playing lots of Game Boy games because I was working on this Game Boy game. Right. You want to um, take a look at references. I've been playing. I've been playing Dragon Quests. I played one, mm. and I'm partway through two. I'm started on three, and it's been interesting to see how they uh, how the concept evolved over time and the different uh, systems and stuff that they yeah. added. Uh, I played Final I Fantasy the Adventure. Thing, the thing I remember about that, like the, the the jump from Dragon Quest One to Dragon Quest Two, is that uh, Dragon Quest Two felt uh, uh, a lot more open in terms of where you can go and what you can do. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest One felt a lot more like uh, of sort of linear, gating you around. You know, this this set landmass through any sort of instance where Dragon Quest Two was. Is, is essentially an open world game. You can sort of go anywhere and do anything at, at, at the start of the game, which is pretty buck wild. Also, you know, party members it's, is, is a very valuable yeah, thing to add to the game. is for sure. I think also the introduction of the boat <laughs> makes totally. a huge difference. Yes. You know, it changes game the, changer. the water from being something, just being a just... Gate. Yeah, being just impassable terrain to being like 
Well, it yeah. can actually connect. Uh, it could. Co- what if it could connect spaces by you walk being a boat on it? And what if the the Dragon Quest One Island was right here? Yeah, on that was map. a cute one too. Yeah, that you can explore the uh, area. They sh- they kind of shrunk and truncated down the the first game's map for you to uh, be able to explore it and visit it again. Mm. Um, and you've been playing Final Fantasy Adventure as well, which which I remember as uh, as as a good old GBA uh, GB game. Yeah, um, it is definitely a good game. It's definitely an early one. Looking at yeah. um, looking at the capabilities of GB Studio and thinking about what uh, we can do with it at the moment, there's no like changing background sprites and stuff, which right. Like, there's lots of tricks uh, that you can do, but um, GB Studio isn't capable of it yet, so you're looking at making a game that's more like a Final Fantasy adventure than, uh, like, a Oracle of Seasons, but that's okay, because Final Fantasy Adventure is still a very good game. Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure as a game, I feel like, does a, does a lot with a little. Um, yeah. In terms of... Uh, creating uh, a sort of vibe and also uh, making enemies feel large and making environments without actually having that much detail. Like, the, 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 I, like from the start of the game, the Colosseum fight is a really good example. Yeah, of, the Colosseum like, fight with the big tiger guy is a real, uh, <coughs> a real attention grabber. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good way to start off a game. Um, it's, it's a fun one um, to draw from, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. I think like a lot of these, I think that Trouble City is going to end up feeling like one of these games, hopefully, because it's, I don't know, I think there's something I enjoy, there's something I enjoy about a thing where it's like, here's your one, you're getting like a one screen, you're going to scroll over into it, and there's going to be like two or three enemies, Mm -hmm. and some exits, and that's the, that's the game. Um... Those Zeldas are like that. Final Fantasy Adventure is like that. The, the kind of uh, the original Legend of Zelda is like that as well, which I've uh, been playing. I want to uncover its. I want to try and uncover a lot of the Legend of Zelda's secrets without uh, without resorting to a guide. Mm. Um, it's an interesting challenge. I think I'll start streaming it. I want to. I think maybe my challenge is uh, I have to. I have to beat it without continues. Right. I don't know if that's. <laughs> how realistic that is and, and what <laughs> kind of secrets I'm going to find. I'm also not that familiar with the map, so I want to map out the thing and right. we'll, we'll see. Maybe a kind of experience. I think perhaps I've learned a little bit too much, but I still don't know it all, so I, I'll try mapping it out and we'll see if I can get that authentic 1985 experience. I think it's it's a really good experience to, to go into a, a game, especially one like that, where you don't have a, a guide or you're not trying to resort to a guide and you're just uh, sort of working with what you have and the information you have. Um, it, it works into a point, depending on the game you're playing, where uh, I, I feel like I've played games that way and then I've, I've had to resort to looking it up because I'm just banging my head against the wall. Yeah, and then I look at it. It's like I've never figured that out. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't. I would have never. My brain would have never jumped to that conclusion. Um, but it is. It's. It's. It's such a a, a satisfying 
visceral feeling when you do stumble upon a secret on your own or you do work something out on your own you're like i, I did that of my own volition i'm a, mm. i'm the smartest i'm the smartest person <laughs> it, it feels really good um, yeah, I do enjoy I think... when you like you look at the layout of the dungeon rooms and figure out where like there might be a a room for you to bomb into. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. They do lots of. It depends on you know you have to be able to trust the developer that they're not putting you in a situation <laughs> that you're going to get stuck in. Right. Uh, but I think that something that the Legend of Zelda does really well for the time that it came out and for, you know, just, just being such an early game is it, uh, it, it does try to give you some clues about what kind of things can happen. And, uh, it, it lets you, it lets you figure some stuff out. It's cool. Right. And I think, uh, you know, we, we, we re-recorded this podcast, uh, but we're, we're sort of talking about different stuff. But one of the things we mentioned the first time was, um, I really like that the the Legend of Zelda, the first one, as opposed to uh, something like um, a Link to the Past, um, the the, uh, the screens don't largely uh, scroll smoothly, so you have to move on to the next screen. And there's something really nice about pr- being presented with a certain amount of information, and it's like that's the cutoff. It's like there can only be stuff in this certain block. And then you have to move on to a different block where there's going to be a certain other secret somewhere else. Um, there's something nice about being presented with just a certain amount of information without having the the screen scroll smoothly that I do like. Yeah, like I feel here it is. Here's it's what like you almost have like right uh, it's like turning a page in a book or something. Right. And then you have totally. a page in front of you, and then it's like, well, they made this page so that there must be something here worth considering then Mm -hmm. uh you know i think in a link to the past you get a lot of places where it's just like this is just an area that connects an area to another area which um you know nearly every i think partly it's because of the way that the uh the like nes games are constructed I think they kind of looked at it and then they saw they had these kind of two map things and were like, okay, well, there's the overworld and then maybe there's like a cave or there's something underneath each of those squares. Um, mm-hmm. That's a that's an interesting aspect of uh, the Legend of Zelda that unfolds. Mm. I'm excited for you to find the big secrets, Kevin. I'm gonna find the the biggest secrets. Uh, and also, I've been playing Pokemon Yellow. I've never really yeah. played Pokemon. That's never? The, well, I have. I have, but I've not been... Everyone's this, played Pokemon. I've pay, I guess the one I probably played the most was uh, White and Black or, or something. It came out when I was uh-huh. uh, finishing school. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just been interesting to learn about the Pokemon stuff from the very start because I, you know, I'm familiar with the the original 150 and uh, with lots of it. It's just interesting to see like I I've, I've never walked up to the sleeping Snorlax on the path myself until yesterday. Mm-hmm. I and also that's an interesting one too because you're playing the like anime 
uh, sort of tie-in version of the the original ones. Yeah. Uh, which I only briefly played. I believe in that one you have a little Pikachu following behind you that, that yeah. you can kind of interact with a little bit. Yeah, the Pikachu follows you and you can uh, turn around and talk to him and they'll be, they give you a little close-up and it'll tell you Pikachu's mood. And he's mm-hmm. pretty, he's pretty, he doesn't like you at the start, but he uh, grows to like you. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, um, I, I leveled up and attached a Metapod into a Butterfree. Um, there you go. And then the Butterfree didn't get any new moves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he gets some moves eventually, but it was like... It evolves, and then I'm like, "Am I supposed to? Isn't Butterfree supposed to get some new moves or something?" Yeah. It's still the only move he has is Heart, and how does that help me? What I remember about the uh, the first Pokemon games is that uh, I believe that that they were under incredible uh, stress while making that game, and uh, short uh, dev times, and it was a complete mess, and. Uh, there's, I believe in that game, there are certain moves that uh, uh, don't work right. Like, the, the programming and the coding on certain, on, on certain moves is a bit messed up. Like, I believe there's a, uh, a move that decreases your accuracy. And because there was an accidental number put in there, um, it decreases your accuracy by, like, uh, like... 500%. So you're never going to hit <laughs> an enemy ever again in that match. Um, unless really you funny. switch Pokemon. Yeah, there's some, some oddball stuff like that. Um, the information... I believe, yeah, they had a, an incredible time trying to get it all together. It's a the big stuff, game. The, the little trivias that interested me the most about Pokemon was that a, a lot of people that made, uh, I don't know, what is it, Game Freak or Creatures Inc. Yeah. or whatever it is, they came from Ape Inc., who they made Earthbound. They sure did. That was an interesting one to me. And I think also uh, another thing was that I I think for Red and Blue, they worked on it for like six years or something and adjusted for inflation. It's perhaps one of the most expensive games ever made, which is wild oh, man. when you think, about, you think about the budgets today and what the games look like. Uh, compared so, to Pokemon, holy crap! So is that just dev budget uh, for the the first like entries of games, the red and blue? Yeah, I believe so. I don't holy have the moly. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, that's mm. it's it was some crazy amount. I'd be bloody stressed with that much money behind me <laughs> and our little dinky team making a Game Boy game. Yeah, for holy sure. Moly. Yeah, so um, I've been learning stuff about that. Uh, Butterfree doesn't have any damaging moves, only like sweet. status effect moves. And I'm like, okay, that's that's something interesting that I didn't expect Pokemon to do. I expected mm-hmm. it, I guess, to be more simple and uh, not not give something like that, which is uh, a kind of a subtle or a, a tool that you need some finesse to use to uh to kids but i guess um you know a lot of them just were fine and just picked pokemon that uh did lots of damage and that was fine mm-hmm. the way i played pokemon when i was a little boy uh pokemon red version uh was i uh got every pokemon and then 
I named it after its name in full caps letters because I didn't understand. Uh, I thought it was like a spelling test or something. It's like, what? <laughs> um, and I used one Pokemon. I used my uh, my Charmander and everyone else was just there. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. that was it. Uh, when I was a very, very little boy. Um, but but yes, once I eventually learned that you can you can switch out Pokemon and when, uh, you know, if you have a Pokemon that only has status effects or useless moves, you can send him out first and then switch Pokemon and defeat uh, the bad guy and, and that first Pokemon will still get experience for that match and stuff yeah. like that. Um, there's some, some good little quirks in there and, and, and there is a community of people that just obsessively uh, play online Pokemon matches with their, their Pokemon guys. Hmm. So it seems like there's some there's some flesh there. There's, there's something to bite into, at, at least as the games continue on. I think there's something about... Uh, instead of the character, like instead of the RPG character of the game being you, it being a pet gives you a different. Yeah. It gives you a different relationship to sure. to the whole game. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so versatile. You can switch out like any of your little guys, and and you'll have a completely different uh, party member essentially. It's essentially like if, if Final Fantasy, you can just like look at an NPC and be like, "You're you're now on my team, you're my you're, <laughs> you're my thief." Now. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's very smart setting it in a world which is mostly normal, but uh, people are always talking about Pokemon. Maybe we should make a game where it's set in the real world, but everyone is uh, just pumped about playing, you know, whatever the game is. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh cards when you're in, you're playing a Yu-Gi-Oh game and everyone in the world is totally obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. It's like the only it's the only thing going. Let's we'll we'll present to you the world that we want it to be where uh-huh. where the, our game has taken over the world. Yeah. Pokémon kind of has done that. Yeah, now now actually people do really just talk about Pokémon a lot. Wild. And if you go to an airport, they're selling. There's Pokemon all over the place. You know, there's a there's Pikachu planes. There's Pikachu drones. What's next? Real life Pikachu. Pikachu. Pikachu theme park. I mean, that's that's something I, that surely they're considering. We I don't do know need how to go you to would... Nintendo Land. Yeah, we'll go to. I'll but... definitely want to check out Nintendo. Is it Land or World? I keep forgetting because World is the game. Yeah, World. The is game the is Nintendo Land. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, wonder I want what to they go into the game. Pokemon theme park. It seems like I I don't know. I I'm sure there'd be a good way to do it. They would paint different wildlife animals to look <laughs> like Pokemon. Yeah, it's just a it's a it's a zoo. Yep. Just a big gorilla they've called like a manky or something like that. <laughs> Just there. Uh, is that is that mainly what you've been been chipping away at, Kevin? Just some some different Game Boy games, getting your uh, getting yeah, your history say, on. I would say that's mostly it. Okay. I guess I should talk about what I've been playing then. Yes, I'd like to. I'd like to know. Toontown twenty four seven. Private server. It's it's back in my house. Invite only. Yeah, invite only. I have a huge server room in my house. It's pumping heat twenty four seven. I'm playing Toontown. 
by myself. It's complete. How scary would that be? I'd hate that. If you could, like, just, uh, like, hey, play an offline version of Toontown and it was completely empty, that would probably actually scare me. Because I, I would hate to look at an MMO world just it, incredibly sparse. Especially Toontown. And, uh, <laughs> I know, yeah, Toontown is especially disquieting. I know that uh, some people worked on, like, a Fusion Fall, like, MMO. Like, they, like, did, like, a fan, brought back to s- their own servers, and now you can kind of play Fusion Fall with all the original assets, but none of the microtransaction stuff, and it's out... And they're making like a fusion fall new millennium with new characters and stuff. And it's just people with a passion for fusion fall. Got a passion for fusion that fall. That just love it. What they love the game. Was fu- and that's when all... was fusion fall active? I feel like that was a, a late 2000s, early 2010s uh, definite party time where that was happening. Where there was I like the family it... guy online. <laughs> If it came out a few years earlier, I'm sure I would have been so into it. Unfortunately, all we had was oh. uh, Cartoon Network, like uh, Resort Island. That was our fusion yeah. tool. Mojo Jojo's laser puzzle game, like kind of. That was the first ever browser game. That was the first ever like thing I saw on the internet was Mojo Jojo's laser puzzle. I gotta track down a- those island resort games and see if I we can get them playing and do them on stream. I think that yeah, be we'll do funny. we'll do a let's play of those funny island games. We're gonna play uh like Powerpuff Girls Pillow Party or something. They're important. Ed, Ed and Eddie build a car. Uh, watch out for the oil slicks racing game. <laughs> There's some good stuff out there. Let's we'll we'll just do a. Can we even? Oh man, Flash doesn't work yeah, anymore. Yeah, Flash is dead. I'm sure there'll be a way oh, around dear. it. We'll just have to. Yeah. I have to have put our real internet archaeologist hats on. What's what's Miniclip gonna do? <laughs> they'll they'll be fine. They'll just have to upgrade to HTML5. What about what about Congregate or the Mo Fun Zone? <sighs> oh <a>, no! <laughs> it's the uh, the bubble has burst. Funny junk. Yeah, the bubble economy on Flash games has finally gone down the drain. So um, I've been playing a couple of things here and there. Uh, I finished, yesterday I finished, uh, like, basically in one sitting, uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Have you played that, Kevin? Yeah, I played the, uh, first level, I think. It's good. Arcade. Yeah, it is. I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I, I got it on Steam for sale. Um, it's an, it's one of those Annapurna fancy games. Um, and you, you, it's, it's a good interface of, like, I can see I can very easily translate to, uh, to touch controls, because it's kind of just, like, swiping to move your dude left and right in kind of a runner fashion or, or tapping little buttons with the rhythm of the music. Um, it's super well presented. It's very short and sweet, and and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think it, it falls into that category of games. I'm always interested in... Um, I think Patrick Alexander has brought up a couple of times those kind of ideas of uh, like a game as a birthday cake you can plug in and play. Like mm. with... Uh, uh, he said that about like Jet Set Radio, I think, back in the day, um, and I think that game definitely falls into that category of like being very easy and breezy, but also having a a ton of variety in what you're doing from level to level, um, mm. doing the same stuff but being presented in a different way. Uh, like you're driving a motorbike, or now you're on a deer, or now you're in a sweet car or something. Now you're sword fighting and doing a lot of stuff. I think it's um, 
I think games like that don't necessarily have to have like a you know a lot of variety in what they're presenting. I think other games that are like that, like I would put Oendon in that category because mm. it's uh, it just uh, feels very fun to play. Maybe it's got a little bit of music in it too. Maybe that's what's necessary. But like uh, little play boxes, um, Super Mario Odyssey, I definitely put there mm. because there's so much uh, like little. Just like toys you can play with, just uh, possessing different things with your hat and just seeing what happens um, yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh, like uh, the Katamari games too. Uh, I think I just haven't, uh, right now I have a good interest in those games because I think that's what I was thinking about with the uh, the Frogbo stuff I was working on. Is mm. I'd want something that, that is is breezy and, and feels good and feels like it's, it's kind of uh, always engaging the player. Because I think that uh, uh, even if it's light, because I think those are the games that I'm, I'm kind of drawn to. I even think Resident Evil Village is a bit that way. The the latest Resident Evil that came out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've played that that just yet, Kevin, but I think you'd get a kick out of it when you do. Um, I'm, you, I'm you scared of check them. it out. Chickity check it These out. These new first person. I don't. I'm gonna get a spook. Yeah. Um. You you will get a spook. Resident Evil Seven, I think, is is especially thick on the big scares. Uh, Resident Evil Village is f- for sure has its moments, but it's a lot more like a uh, Warner Brothers Studios ride, where you're okay. just kind of been taken through all these different scenarios, and and you kind of get a good glimpse at some scary stuff happening. But you're always moving, and you're always shooting dudes and doing puzzles or doing something. Yeah. So it always feels like you have have a good progression. You're always seeing something kind of different and new, um, because uh, that game almost has like a Legend of Zelda uh, sort of uh, structure, in that you're, mm. you're literally going to like a almost like a link to the past. You're going to certain little areas on each corner of the map and going like I need to find this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. Um, and uh, each little area is kind of its own deal or its own thing, and I don't really want to go into it too much because I, I, when you do play it, Kevin, I want you to to, to, to be shocked and awed. Mm. So, okay. but I think that game definitely definitely applies in in my my world of games, Jace's world of crazy games. Jace's world of crazy games. Um, I've been finding other... psychonauts yeah. like that with uh, yeah, we need to talk about stuff. that. All right. Yeah, tell me about tell me about your experience with Psychonauts too, because uh, when we did the previous recording, I talked a bit about it, but I had a super different experience. I had a more more dour experience with it, where I wasn't really feeling it just yet. Um, so I'm a big. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm a Kevin, big so big far. Psychonauts fan. I kind of forgot that this game was, sure. was coming out. Um, but yeah, the first Psychonauts, I spent a did. many hours in there. I made my, I did fan art. I embroidered by hand Major my patches. own, yep. my own uh, Psy power badges. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learned how so to do psycho powers. You actually in did real it life, in real yeah. life. You burned people. <laughs> um, the thing, so Psychonauts two. Um, I think is very good. I think it delivers on... I think they understand what made Psychonauts good, and they also mm. understand what people are expecting from a modern video game. Um, sure. So, like, you can dodge now. There's, like, a 
things like the powers, the combat is a little bit more involved. They've removed the inventory, which is uh, for the best. Um, yeah, for sure. In the, the vibe is good. The like the music is a is in the kind of spirit of the, the old great. music, yes. and they use you know, they reuse some of the the kind of motifs, motifs yeah. and stuff, which is cute. Uh, I think it it really does deliver on what you would imagine, like finishing Psychonauts and imagining what was going to happen next. I think it does a good job on delivering with that. Okay. Uh, and you get to meet all your old good friends. I'm so excited that uh, I get to go inside Ford Cruller's mind and and help him out. So that's when that's when I stopped playing the game because uh, I was excited about going into Ford's mind, but uh, it set up. Uh, you kind of have to do stuff before you go in there. Like, you have a few objectives of, like, okay, here's some stuff you have to do outside of Ford's Mind before you can go into Ford's Mind. And I was I don't want to do any of this stuff outside. I don't want to... <laughs> I, I kind of don't want to meet uh, Raz's family um, right yeah. now. Um, I, 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 I don't want to explore the, the big open map outdoors. I, I want to see what's in Ford's Mind. And and I felt like... Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm being stubborn because it's like, oh, i got to do stuff or bloody hell. Um... <laughs> But I, I wanna I wanna see more of that stuff um, than the than the new stuff. Um, I think to to continue on, I still have one part to go. But I think to there's like there's three different kind of play things that you need to go and do for Ford's mind, and each of them is its own kind of adventure in someone's mind as well. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. What I would recommend is um to go to Otto's lab and get a brain to bring back to put in Nick in the mail room because yep. um okay that that has been I feel like in the first psychonauts it was mostly the same thing it's like there's just like a person and you go inside their mind which is some sort of representation that matches their kind of personality and the things that they're into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in Psychonauts 2, they're doing a lot more stuff of like, well, what if you went in a brain that wasn't in a body? Or what if you... Like, they're stretching the concept out further. And I think that, that one, when you put uh, the brain back in the postman, I think that's a really creative one, and you'll you'll get okay. a kick out of that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'll play it tonight, I promise you. Um, yeah, that one's that one's a treat. I've been just okay. I've been loving it. I've just been running around k- picking up Psy challenge markers <laughs> to rank up and uh, enjoying yeah, enjoying all the like incidental dialogue that you hear passing going past people. I think mm-hmm. it's a really uh, it's a really solid like you would need so many people to make this game, and it's so wild the amount of the amount of production value that's gone into what in the 90s would have been like three screens of like an adventure game is now an, right. like a whole huge big budget level um it's it's a really wild um i think the one thing i'll say about um it feeling in, like uh if you played psychonauts this is what you would imagine psychonauts 2 as um i 
the the one thing that I, I I wasn't super into, but I completely understand why it exists, is the game taking Raz down a peg and being like, "Oh, you're an intern. You're yeah. you're like nothing." Is that I feel like that that I, I I would imagine that I would want to be like a cool super psychonaut, but but I totally get why it's there. And and in terms of like, okay, you have to, if we're doing a new game, you have to start from square one again. Um, but I'm at least appreciative of them giving basically all the old powers that you had in the uh, the first game to you right away, right off the bat. Um, yeah. Essentially. Uh, My one complaint that I have is that in Psychonauts, you could, you could jump, and then you could use your kind of hover levitation by holding the thought bubble above your head, and then you could press circle to put it back under your feet and fall back down, and they've taken that out. Now, and for that reason, I will no longer be playing Psychonauts <laughs> Two. I hope that uh, I hope that I can. Uh, well, it's something that made it so fluid because you could always right. just go from, uh, like now, if you are using your levitation ball to scoot around, um, and you jump, and you hover, then you can't go back onto rolling on the ball. Yeah, you I'm, lose I'm your hoping momentum. that enough people will feel the same way about it that um, it'll get patched in or something. Yeah, we'll get a movement going. I think probably it's not in it to try and limit Shit. some of your capabilities because they've given you like a kind of a diagonal down dive, like the cats right. from super in the the new <laughs> Super Mario World, yeah. Um, so I guess that's probably part of how you're supposed to move around now. Um, yes, I imagine they're afraid of you gaining too much momentum and just like jump skipping through a, yeah. a part of the level they want you to see or something. Um, that was a part of Psychonauts, the original though. I think my favorite level in that game is uh, Mila's Crazy Ball Land. Yeah, so, and a lot of what you have to do there is like uh, go from floating uh, back to rolling on your ball as you're going down a slope, so you get like a huge amount of momentum and you just keep going. Um, that's a lot of fun. So uh, let's hope that Tim Schafer uh, is uh, gets clued in, starts listening to our podcast, start, start listening to the fans, can patch that in himself um, personally. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, gonna keep I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'll, it. Uh, I'd we'll like see to get back unfolds. to it and enjoy it myself. Because cause I, I did enjoy uh, the, the, the casino world, but it's just none of it was was making me want to wanna, uh, giggle or laugh, I'd, which which is still feels like me being like, oh, good. come on, game. Come on, make me laugh. Like, pushing <laughs> it around. Like, come on, make, chuck, do a joke. I think that's fair. Me. I do think there's ways in which the the kind of characters and the stuff was funnier uh, in the first one. Um, I think it gets maybe a little better once you're a few through some of that tutorial stuff, but right, yeah, for sure. And also, there was a lot more. Uh, you could you could. Uh, I believe you could like kill animals and stuff in the first Psychonauts. It doesn't seem like they want you to do it here. Because <laughs> like, the first thing I did when I went outside was try and burn a squirrel alive and it didn't happen. Oh, wow, um, really? They de- they definitely call it out a few times in the dialogue. It's just, someone's like, what, so you've never cyblasted a squirrel? Which I'm sure plenty of people... You could probably the cyblast them, but, but when I tried to, to set them on fire, the game was like, please don't do that. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe they go. They, I think it got a a, a lower rating. Uh, I remember Psychonauts when it first came out in Australia it got an M rating, which people were <laughs> surprised about because it's not. It doesn't feel. It's not an M game. It's no. Kids can play Psychonauts for sure. Um, so that's Psychonauts. I think the one only other thing I really want to talk about is I've been playing a game, uh, that is called. Say it ain't Im- so. It, yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is possibly the three most meaningless words together <laughs> in in the human language. It's a poor name for a game. That's uh, um, Ubisoft's uh, Greek mythology themed Breath of the Breath Wild. Breath of the Wild. Off. That's right. And I remember um, back in December when it was sort of launched, um, Ubisoft's big PR campaign was like, let's give to influencers and have them do videos on it. So I remember watching one video by like an influencer on YouTube and being like, oh, this looks like shit. This looks <laughs> like a kind of Fortnite Breath of the Wild. It probably has a battle royale in it. And I didn't mm. give it any other thought. And I think that's why I have to I have to get wise to um, the way marketing works now. Because I feel like that's that's probably the big use of tactic is like before they even get in the hands of critics, give it to influencers because those are where people are really going to see the game. Mm. Um, I think it's really good. It's solid. It doesn't try to emulate Breath of the Wild. It takes it in a sort of different direction. I think... Uh, and it and it doesn't try to invalidate what Breath of the Wild is and try to be like, oh, I'm going to play this instead. It feels like um, there was a lot of... Breath of the Wild is predominantly a game about negative space in that it's it's there's sort of shit you can see across the hillside that's just like far away from you that you have to like walk there or glide there and you have to take a certain amount of patience and time to get to wherever you're going. It feels like there's a lot of empty space in in that world, and it feels like that's trying what it's kind of trying to prioritize is like having you feel like you're getting lost and you never really have a sense of direction. Um, in this game, I think it borrows a lot more from earlier Zelda, but with the same structure. In that there is never not shit for you to do. There's kind of like it, it's a big Breath of the Wild world, but there's like every like half a meter there's some bullshit for you to engage with a puzzle or some fighting or uh some flying around or whatever you want to do some exploring um it it has a lot of like quality quality of life uh changes um like uh instead of you bringing up the uh, map and sort of marking things yourself it just is like oh it gives you a trigger when you see something and press rt and then it permanently shows on your map so it's a lot of like keeping track of all the stuff that you have and being able to just go over to any marker that's on the map. It's a lot more classic Ubisoft in that, oh, there's a billion markers that I can make happen. Mm. Um, it's it's a super big change of pace. The flying feels very good. Um, I think do the one thing act- it has it over gliding, the or world, do you get to actually fly around? You fly, uh, you you fly around, um, and you can. There's a massive amount of upgrades to you, so you, you can do to your wings. So right now, I can kind of glide around like the glider and glide really fast and mm-hmm. do a kind of dive as well. Um, and later on, I believe you can do some uh, flying back upwards using some of your energy and 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 getting some up momentum on. So you can actually fly, and and the uh, context from is that it's uh, you're getting each of the gods' powers for your guy. Um, so in that case, it's Icarus's wings. Um, the context for the game is that all the 
all the gods have lost their powers because of some big evil god i forget the name of um and hades is like oh fuck oh fuck and then goes to uh to uh prometheus for help who he has chained up to a wall he's like hey come help me out man all the gods are fucked and we're done and everyone on earth has been turned to stone um and prometheus is like well if i can bet that a mortal can fix all of this then you have to let me go and uh and i won't actually help you um because a mortal will just do it um and the context of the game is that you're it's narrated by hades and prometheus uh talking about the story of phoenix as it's happening uh who is your character you can be like a boy or a girl um uh it's i was saying the one thing it has over zelda is that i think past a certain point breath of the wild kind of doesn't give you a reason to fight dudes other than just getting like treasure chests most of the time Mm. if you have enough weapons by a certain point of the game you're just kind of flying past most dudes they don't really matter (laughs) here uh you're always getting like little little uh uh like crystals and stuff like that for killing dudes and different dudes so uh you can go back to this like little hub area that's sort of a big tower in the middle of this open world and you can upgrade a lot of your capabilities you can upgrade your health there um your strength with certain weapons you can uh get certain moves and and different weapons like i have a big hammer that i can activate with a certain button combination with the left trigger and right trigger at the same time and it just busts dudes up and does a huge amount of damage um it it gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of the way you want to play it um and what shit you want to use it's i like it a lot it's it's just a shame that a lot of it is uh either kind of generic feeling or it just feels like um they're hearkening back to breath of the wild so much that it, it it is a derivative there are kind of um shrines like zelda has and and they're just like here's a mini game or here's here's a puzzle you have to do like oh it's it's like a pachinko game it's 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 not as surprising because breath of the wild already did it which is a shame um that game already exists and is better this is it's cool that they've added so many things that um uh are neat and like flying feels maybe a little bit better than breath of the wild but but uh man nothing will do anything better than that game everyone i love breath of the wild a lot and and kind of a lot of what this is doing for me is making me want to play breath of the wild instead um because i still need to get my motorbike and i want to i want to get a motorbike when there's still shit to do in the open world so i want to try and like beat the four guardians and do all that stuff before i have like i've like drained the world of yeah, anything that's pretty there tr- it's pretty you know? tricky also, so i have a reason they, to ride my motorbike yeah around. they they all those challenges are pretty tricky and they've set them up <laughs> so that it you're kind of by the time you finish them all i guess it's also because of when the dlc came out everyone was kind of finished already right um that's a sh- so a lot of the challenges for breath of the wild in, in the uh dlc for getting the motorbike are like you know you have to have a lot of like hearts and the master sword and that kind of stuff i don't know i don't know if you have to have i remember them being pretty tough i guess it's just that in my case i'd already done a lot of the stuff by the time that dlc came out right i want to i want to drive my motorbike around and go places i don't want to just have a motorbike and just be like all right i've done the game and now here's this (laughs) here um, but that, for for what it's worth, that Immortals game is good. I I I enjoy it. 
I think it has its own spin. Uh, I like the Greek god angle. The characters are fun. I think um, the main character, Phoenix, has a, has a good amount of personality. They do some talking. Um, the, uh, the, I'm playing with the, the female character, and, and she's, she's got a lot of charm. She's, she's a genuine character who does stuff. When you're upgrading your character, they like um, if you're upgrading how much damage you do, they're like doing weights and, and like <laughs> doing sit-ups and stuff like that. It's fun. Um, it's, it's a cutesy game. It, it, it certainly like takes itself less game seriously than I would than be Breath interested of in. I'd be I like think... a cartoon fighting time yeah, mythology um, world. It feels very good, um, and I enjoy it a lot. I'm liking it. I think you would enjoy it too, Kevin. Um, I, I got it on sale for what it's worth. It was like 20 bucks, um, mm, which nice. seems like a good price for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've been doing with my days. I kind of want to... I want, like... I want a multiplayer game that I can I can come back to and feel all right about like putting some time into. For a while, that was Quake when that was re-released by Bethesda. I was playing mm. some some Quake multiplayer, the original, and that was fun. Um, but but I would like I want to get together with some friends and have like a, a multiplayer game that we play. Like I think that'd be fun to do in in current COVID times. Mm. Um, uh, I was Come thinking on, about. Unite. Yeah, Pokemon Unite. We're all going to actually do Pokemon uh, Go and we're going to break COVID laws. So we're all going to get together Be out and there. we're going to do a meetup. Um, I don't know. Like, I, like, I was looking at like Luigi's Mansion 3 because I'm getting back into playing that a little bit and, and the yeah. Scarescraper stuff. But that feels like that requires so many people. Because you need, like, at least... Uh, I, I was looking at some gameplay of Scarescraper and it's like you need at least four people there because there's certain ways that uh, players can get stuck into traps and can't be let out without another player's help yeah. uh, it's a fairly large floor so you, like it's not something that you could do with just two copies of luigi's mansion you need the, you need at least four people to own luigi's mansion free to the power. get anything out of that <laughs> you have to have the power and also they have the weird... cartridges connecting yes yes and you and you need like the DLC they released of Luigi in a fucking cowboy hat for some reason <laughs> that you can buy for ten bucks. It's weird. Yeah, it's really like they. I, it feels like they're like, okay, well, this game has to have DLC, and they're like, well, shoot, how are we gonna put that DLC was like in their, Luigi's That was like mansion? their big f- fucking f- fuck you to Nintendo for making them do DLC. It's like we're gonna make DLC that n- no one ever has a reason to buy. <laughs> It, because no one's in, no one even engages with this mode. I can't imagine there's people that, that mess around with it too much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll find something. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out something we'll to play. We'll figure it out. Yeah, man. Uh, but that's me. And, and I think... Boy, I think that's the podcast for today. That That's it. That's the Sky Pirate Radio. Oh, yeah! Shit! I've watched <laughs> half of Space Jam. Ooh. Yeah, I watched I I watched a good I have an hour left of Space Jam. Um, it's got it's it's a real it's some real confidence that it has to be coming out with a two hour runtime. It's a long movie and I'll say I couldn't take all of it in one sitting. I watched <laughs> it, I watched the first hour and now you you'll have a bit of a cliffhanger because I will get into the second hour. But what I'll say about the first hour of Space Jam 2 and New Legacy, um, one thing, it's it's weird that LeBron James' first exposure to Looney Tunes is through uh, 
like Bugs Bunny Castle Quest on the Game Boy or whatever. That's a bad game. I don't know why yeah, he's that's... playing that. <laughs> so that's a head that's... scratcher. It's it's because I guess it's because it was a it was something that would have been around at the time uh, when he was a kid. But right. um, yeah, he then he throws the Game Boy in the trash and it like sparks with magic. Um, and at uh, at the danger at risk of being a spoiler, uh, that video game plotline is just like the Game Boy is just never really brought up again. Oh, it doesn't matter at all. That's just <laughs> it was just magical because the Looney Tunes were in it. Yeah, there's a lot. It's there's it a lot of stuff that they just kind of forget about halfway through the movie. Look. It, there's probably a lot of writers on this one. There's a lot going on. Uh, another thing I'll say is that you weren't uh, you weren't like sort of joking around when you said this was sort of a spiritual successor to Scoob. Yeah. There is a Scoob poster in this movie, and this movie does contextualize Scoob <laughs> in that it seems to suggest that Scoob was made by uh, an algorithm in Warner Brothers Movie Studios server room because it's interested in revenue and, like, superhero stuff. Yeah, that's so, a weird one because it's... By presenting that as part of the movie is really strange because it's, yeah. it's absolutely the case about Space Jam to itself. Yes, it is kind of a movie about itself in some ways, and also a sort of a big fart upon the heads of whoever wrote Scoob, and <laughs> that it's just like kind of being like, oh, yeah, all of our work is just by a robot that is crazy and loves money or something. Um, and another thing I'll say is that it really, really an overzealous film when you're like, you know, you're going through all the planets, you see Matrix worlds, like, oh, that's kind of funny, you see another world, and then they just dive into, like, duplicating scenes from the movie, and just, like, doing, like, YouTube-esque editing of the characters <laughs> into these old scenes from these old fucking movies, and it's really, it, that's about where I had to take a moment. Yeah, it was it, just like gives... showing scenes from the Matrix, and it's like just like the the Mad Max one was where I was like, <laughs> I can I can see bloody Tom Hardy behind uh, Yosemite Sam there. They just they just drew over him. It gives That's off some even... big uh, fan made trailer vibes for sure. Oh yeah, this is like a it's something else it's really something and i'm excited for where it's all gonna go um you know it's great that uh you know they made lola bunny a feminist icon and she's kind (laughs) of tough and and awesome and it's like it's like uh it's cool man it's It's cool uh, man i guess the the looney tunes are kind of reached the level of irrelevancy now where they don't really care what they're doing with them it seems like so you get some wackier stuff uh than we've seen before they'll just like just mash it up with all the all the other properties we have it doesn't matter we don't care about there's the there's the matrix scene with the the old lady in it where it's like oh she's doing the slow motion stuff and i think that was literally a joke in looney tunes back in action i think they did that i think like and that was more timely because that was around when the matrix was happening and now 
Here we are. Here we are with them putting the Matrix in the movie because they have to bring the bottom of the Warner Brothers barrel. There's a new Matrix movie coming out, and it's you got to promote that in your Space Jam. And uh, I also love the the kids' uh, video game development tools. They're pretty awesome. He just kind of scans stuff into (laughs) games. That's pretty sick. Three D scan stuff with your phone, and then it's in the game. That's definitely how it works. That's how it works. And then he he lost the character. He lost. It. He he couldn't get it back. All his work on the character was lost. Kevin, <laughs> I love that stuff it's, so it's much. It's real. That's real video. That's it's one hundred percent accurate video game development. Oh yeah, uh, that's how we do it. I actually all of our um characters in Getaway Grand Prix, we actually just scanned each other in different cars yeah. with our phones, and that's how we did it. Pop that right into the game. So, uh, yeah, that's what you're going to get next time. You're going to get... that. That's the... We're the doing a bit of a conclusion. book club. A bit of a movie club on this one. So, everyone who has watched the first hour of Space Jam, you can you may now watch the second hour with me <laughs> for next time Sky Pirate Radio. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, can't wait to see the Nerd Lux in all their glory again. Uh, They're coming. Can't wait to see Mr. Swackhammer. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure, uh, if you want to ask us questions about anything, the Patreon, any games we have going, uh, what what Kevin loves, what Kevin hates, what I hate, Sky, questions at skypiratestudios.com or just message us at Twitter. Send us a little note at, uh, at skypirateradio. Um, and remember, uh, uh, what was the Patreon URL again, Kevin? Was it patreon.com slash skypirates? Studios? Just Sky Pirates, yeah, just slash Sky Pirate Studios. Right. Get on it and, and throw us a buck or two if, if you feel the need, or you know, just thanks for listening. If, if yeah. you don't have the cash, yeah, just thanks, thanks for, for playing listening our games and, and being, being part of the uh, the Sky Pirate Studios experience. Yeah, and uh, we have a Discord. We've linked it a few times. Uh, I'll pr- I'll probably link it when we uh, post this podcast up again. If you'd like to join in on those shenanigans, we'll we'll get those going too. We'd we'd hope. We're a big um, happy family. We're a big happy family, and we're happy to welcome you with open arms. That's the the Sky Pirate Studios motto. Uh, Shout out to uh, the guy that commented on uh, the WordPress website and yeah, said that you, this was you your actually, favorite podcast. Thank you, dude. That's very nice. And also, you're kind of single handedly the the reason we we came up with recording again because we, you know, like it's nice to hear back from the people who listen and to know that, that you're out there. Um, so yeah, of course we'd love your your questions and any feedback you have for us. Uh, get in touch. So thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we wish you. What's the nearest public holiday, Kevin? Give it to me right now. Uh, it's Arbor Day. Arbor Day. <laughs> okay. Yeah, thanks. Happy Arbor Day, everybody. Happy See Arbor ya. Day, everybody. Love ya. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. It's Arbor Day a pirate holiday? Is that what I say today? Um, I think that's just.